0: Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome back to Make Your Marketing Podcast. I'm Pia Larson, fingerprint marketing agency owner and your host today. And today I have the privilege of interviewing uh, Jen Hope, who is a longtime friend and Seattle-based executive coach, business coach. She works mainly with VC-backed, high-growth startups and uh, C-suite employees. But today she's going to talk to entrepreneurs and small business owners. Um, she's also a certified DISC workshop facilitator and certified leadership circle practitioner, which I'm curious about. We'll get into. Thanks for joining. Hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, love the glasses. If the people listening on audio can't see them, uh, you'll have to go check them out. They're super cool. They're my favorite. So Welcome. We are kindred spirits, Jen. We are both marketers, or used to be marketers, right? You had 20 years experience in marketing. Can you give us kind of a backstory, uh, how you got into marketing and and how you switched over to coaching? Yeah, for sure. So um, I started in college
1: studying marketing. I had spent my first couple years of college studying psychology and ended up after a conversation with my dad who's very wise and also spent 30 years working in finance for GE that I needed to change my nature because I was never going to make enough money in this psychology business as he put it.
0: Dads um, are so smart aren't they?
1: Right so wise <laughs> and look at me right now like 25 years later still here working in psychology again but yeah. you know with with this combination of skills so I think the story starts a long time ago also while I was still in college I started working for marketing companies in early days of a website. You may remember this Pia commission junction Mm -hmm. where we were trading clicks for two cents into the travel industry. Uh, So my, my days in, in marketing and particularly in channel marketing started a long, long time ago, pre-google. And I really worked in in whatever was cutting edge. so early days of social, early days of PPC and AdWords and SEO. and then moved to Seattle because this is there was a hub here of mm-hmm. of SEO folks. And I thought that was real cool. And it was one of the reasons that I was really inspired to move here. Um, thank Rand Fishkin for inspiring me to, to come to Seattle. And, love Rand.
0: I didn't know you yeah. realized that you knew him. I'm interviewing him uh, on the podcast next month.
1: He's awesome. He's awesome. So he, you know, just him being here and the community of SEO folks that were gathered here was really inspiring to me. Uh, I also uh, was a part of what was called Social Media Club back in the day. Were you a member of Social Media Club when we used to meet in person and talk about social media? No,
0: that's so foreign to me.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. We used to meet in person and talk about social media. Imagine that. And uh, (laughs) so early, early days of kind of what was ever kind of cutting edge in in. In marketing and then ended up really spending a lot of time in the startup world. So you know, growing marketing teams, growing and scaling different uh, organizations in startup organizations in the Seattle area for a handful of years and then went out eight years ago and started this executive coaching practice.
0: Yeah. So, so leadership coaching seems to be kind of a buzzword right now for many reasons. Um, Not that it wasn't around, you know, for a while now, but it seems to be more, um, more important and at top of mind with business owners and people that lead teams. Can you kind of talk about why it's so important today? Highest level down in. Yeah. When we are trying to
1: achieve business outcomes, we are limited by our leadership. Mm-hmm. Right? We, our business is never going to outperform our leadership. And I think the science and the data is proving that time and time again. And we have more information now than ever that says that the performance of our organization cannot outperform our leadership. And that's it all. It's not the individual. It's the collective leadership. Right. And so we're seeing really the force that is leadership effectiveness and how that ties to business outcomes. And that starts with a couple of things like self-awareness and imagine <laughs> Such that a low bar, right? <laughs> right. Imagine that, which we really don't always understand. And so a lot of the work that I do is, is helping folks understand their behavior, the mm-hmm. impact of their behavior how competent they are as leaders. And and I break and I have them do things like you, I know you're talking about leadership circle, and really help them understand like qualitatively understand the effectiveness of of their leadership, and then be able to turn that into behavior change. And so I nerd out on, you know, micro actions and, and how do we, you know, how, how do our thoughts create our behaviors? And how do our behaviors impact other people? And so this is, this is what I do every day. And, and, and what we see is that the more effective that we are as leaders, the more effective the folks are around us, the more aware we are of, of our own reactive tendencies, and the more that we can actually impact business change in the end, in the end, in the long run.
0: And I think what you're saying is really important about um, self-awareness. So, you know, back in the day, it's like, well, I have my team, here are the tasks, you know, here's our here are our policies, here's what our goals are, and that's it. But I mean, we're all dealing with individual humans and with different personality, different uh, skill sets. And I think leaders are starting to really tune into that and their team is their biggest asset. Some clients that I talk to, it's like they would be nowhere without their team. So learning how they lead, you know, and and taking those assessments is really important. What else do you think is really important to keep in mind besides, you know, learning about what type of leader I am? I think honing the
1: balance between the task and relationship Mm -hmm. where, like, what does that really mean? How does that break down into... Do I need to develop as it in my mentorship? Do I need to develop in my interpersonal skills? Does that mean that I, you know, folks see me as courageous and authentic and, and integrous? Am I somebody who leans more into the task? Am I purpose-driven? Do I understand how to achieve results? Am I incredibly decisive? And do I need to balance those? Are there areas where I may lean one way or the other just based on you know my orientation do I prefer to focus on the task because that feels you know slightly more objective and and more tangible or do I rely on the relationship and could I achieve more by leaning into some of that balance so I think there's you know there's a sense of like your orientation as well mm-hmm. and you can focus on that and you can focus on you know not changing ourselves but leaning towards being more effective
0: if, yeah. if that is feasible right and relying and feels, on our strengths
1: Yeah. Yeah. And our strengths, right. Being overdone, turning to liabilities can, you know, we all know how that goes, (laughs) right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And putting people in the right spots where they need to be and where they're, where they're happy, right? That's what a concept, right? That you can be happy with, with your position at the firm or the way you're being led and, and to help grow the, the firm. What, what would you say are some of the characteristics besides self-awareness, And leaning in, what are some characteristics of a good leader today that you've seen? And it doesn't have to be small business, it could be like, you know, higher level, larger firms.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know about your journey, but the the folks that I've worked with who are the most inspiring to me are folks who are courageous and authentic. Mm. And I have, you know, I have seen these folks and worked with these folks. Um, I talk about one of the, the women that I worked with about. Twelve or thirteen years ago, who was leaving the organization that I was working at as a chief revenue officer and came into the org with uh, terminal ovarian cancer um, and and was one of the most inspiring women, moms, partners, CROs, business changers that I've ever seen
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and led with integrity, led with in, in what could be you know what what others might have perceived as emotion and the in the most inspiring, genuine way and really set for me a bar of what it looked like to be in integrity what it looked like to be authentic as a, as a whole human
0: in in the workplace the word that comes to mind when i'm hearing you speak is vulnerability Right. Um. You know. So. So vulnerability. I'm finding in my journey is super important as a leader, and it's no longer about. Oh, I can't be vulnerable because then I'm seen as weak, and not a good leader. Um. Do you? I mean, that. That's what that sounds like. That her success was was part of that was the thought. Authenticity sure. was being vulnerable.
1: For sure. So real. I mean, heartbreakingly real. Right. When you're in that scenario and you are a mom and and a parent and a leader and a partner and, and so, so, so vulnerable. Uh, So that is definitely one of, that's one of the, from a story perspective, I I think about that. And then I go to, to some of the the research that I've seen and purpose and and strategic vision shows Mm -hmm. up as like some of, as the competency, like leadership competency that is highest correlated to leadership effectiveness Flip side of that being passive is actually mm-hmm. the most negatively correlated uh, to leadership effectiveness. So that's something to think about. If we have a tendency to kind of be compliant or lean out on decisions, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we can know that that's that dial it
0: happy,
1: in, yeah, negatively <laughs> affecting our relationships, right, and our and our productivity and our effectiveness.
0: Yeah, I know that some of our listeners are probably dealing with burnout right now, and and yet they have a team to to lead. What do you say to them? Like, because ha- purpose, you have to have a purpose and you have to um, reconnect with it almost daily, you know, um, t- in order to keep growing. What do you say to people like that? What, wh- What's some inspiration you can give them?
1: I mean, I, I go to like, what are the tools versus what do I say to them? So like, what tools okay. are they using? What, you know, do they walk? Do they journal? Do they have... S- a spiritual place that guides them. Like that, that to me is if we're dealing with burnout, meet, what are the resources that we have from a mental health perspective? What therapists are we talking to? What spiritual people are we talking to? What support systems are we? That would be some of the places like, I don't know that a pep talk yeah. is going to guide really, right? Or a business book, right? <laughs> right. Like at that point, I mean, if we're truly talking about burnout, where, mm-hmm. what is most important? And so, like, exercises of priority. And really defining for ourselves. You you talk about purpose, you talk about vision. What is higher pr- highest purpose for for that individual? Is it family? Is mm-hmm. it impact? Is it legacy? And then we can come to you know what is truly guiding. Uh, but I I I look to the bigger kind of underlying. What is what is really there that's guiding this burnout? Is there truly depression? Is there you know truly anxiety? Do we need to look deeper? Into what's truly at play from a mental health perspective, there too.
0: I suspect um, I'm a good example. I suspect that some of the some of it comes stems from, you know, the hamster wheel and just keep, you know, you're constantly trying to go after the next thing and be better and be better and, gosh, um, you know, especially with COVID, I think people have uh, really done some deep thinking around this, like, is this really what I want to be doing for the next 20, 30 years? And then they have their team that's doing the same thing, right? So everyone's kind of taking a collective pause. And is, you know, is it really necessary to work six, seven days a week? Is it really necessary to be constantly connected with your team? And, you know, just Th- those are the questions that I ask myself, but yes, exercise, mental health, really important. Do you work with your clients on that as well? Yeah, so I mean, get, yeah.
1: One of the things that we talk about so often, I, I talk about this daily, is boundaries, mm. and like, what are the boundaries, and who is deciding the boundaries, and have we have we set ourselves up in, posi- in positions as leaders where folks are overly dependent and are potentially not empowered? Are, are we to in the day to day do we need to zoom out do we need to step out do we need to recreate some of these relationships particularly with you know in covid virtual work remote work hybrid work how much time are we spending um there and do we need to start to create be- boundary about some of that always on
0: yeah i love that um creating boundaries because you might think there's already boundaries in place but it's a new world <laughs> you need to you need to really reassess Continuing on that thought process, what about engagement? So I know people are working from home or they're they've got a hybrid work situation home and office. How can we help reengage with our team, have them reengage with each other to kind of get back on track?
1: Yeah, it's a great question and one that I'm I think we're still sorting through in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. there is I don't know how many folks were truly disengaged. In this process? Mm-hmm. You know, are we really re-engaging? Is it really just a shift? And, mm-hmm. you know, how do we then get the most out of folks? I I looked at to tools. Again, I'm, you know, I I am a nerd about this this kind of thing. And and That's I look to I tools. Love <laughs> <laughs> I looked at to tools, right? And frameworks. That's just how I understand the world. And so like to me, I, you know, I'm I I'm partnered with a couple of organizations right now where they're trying to focus on connecting people. Like, we're, you know, let's leave the the focus on the business out of it and what's going to make them the best employee, but let's connect people. So I'm bringing folks together for workshops. I, you know, like you mentioned earlier that I'm mm-hmm. a disc facilitator and I teach a lot of workshops where we're just talking about behavior. Like literally what we understand about our own behavior, what we understand about our team behavior, what we understand about how we are working well together, how we could work better with others. And that has been really eye-opening for folks. We can spend a couple of hours together, which by the way, flies by, talking about a framework and just giving folks a language to say, oh, you know, we are very similar and that we both make decisions from a logic-based place, or we are overly optimistic as a team. And when other teams show up to work with us, they may need more data to make their decisions versus our very optimistic or potentially overly optimistic way of making decisions. And some people want to move forward extremely quickly. Others want more time to process information. And it really is helpful. And I don't know how you feel about this phrase, but like naming what's in the room.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Like let's name
1: mm-hmm. the dynamics. Let's talk yeah. about what might be at play and why we work so well together or where we have unnecessary friction just mm-hmm. based on our behavioral preferences or communication preferences. And that has been really helpful for getting folks talking just mm-hmm. about themselves. And and yes, it affects the business. And yes, the business moves forward. And yes, it's a benefit in those ways. But using disk and you know, it's a tool that's been been, been developed and researched that's been studied since the early nineteen twenties. So from From that perspective, I love the data piece of it to rely on, and also a way of just understanding other people. and And you can see that in like a next step, that also creates empathy. We mm-hmm. can understand other folks' perspective. You want to move forward really quickly. I want lots of time to think. We might run into one another, right? Mm-hmm. and and you can when you sit across the table from someone else, you can understand at least a little bit more about their perspective.
0: I love the DISC assessment. I've taken mm-hmm. it several times. I've actually given it to my family. Love it. <laughs> um, love it. And, and the thing that I experienced, I'm sure people in your workshops have experienced is, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. Like I'm not stupid or slow or whatever stories are in their head. I actually am just built this way and it's fine. I just need to partner with the people that can work with me or yeah. just have the words to ask for what I need, it's incredible. I highly recommend um, either taking it on the internet or signing up for a workshop with Jen. It's really eye-opening. Tell me a little bit more about the circle leadership assessment leadership circle oh, yeah leadership circle. So if like dipping your toe
1: in is the disk assessment that talks about behavior. Then mm-hmm. like jumping in the pool is leadership circle. Um, leadership circle is, it's really, it's a tool for understanding your inner world and how the outside world views your leadership. Uh, okay. It's a 360. So you get 15-ish inputs from folks that uh, know and, and have um, worked with you and understand mm-hmm. your leadership. And what it is, is a really, it's a tool kind of, if you, if you split it into two halves of a circle, the top mm-hmm. half of the graph tells you where you've got great competencies and great strengths the bottom half of the graph is going to tell you where you have stories and narratives that are showing up in reactive tendencies mm-hmm. and it's it's very there's a lot of depth it takes us deeper into narratives internal narratives personal narratives even you know family systems and and the the systems that we're a part of culturally today and and helping us better understand how that is shaping and how that is showing up in our leadership. Mm. And it's just been, I've found folks find such a different level of um, understanding about themselves. And obviously, you know, Other people are not going to tell us what our truth is. We we hold that center Mm -hmm. that is the truth. But it can be really interesting from data perspective to have folks understand. Are we driving ourselves too hard? Are we not giving ourselves enough credit? I see this often when we are type A, when we are really go-getters, like you're like you're talking Mm -hmm. about your personality Mm -hmm. type B. Like when we are, we have such high expectations of ourselves, then to see and have data, right? Mm -hmm. Other people's input that says, you are rocking it. In yeah. these areas, give yourself yeah. some credit. You know, I mean, yeah. we've got strong inner inner critic working against us, right? It can be really helpful. It can be really helpful diagnostic to say, hey, we all have reactive tendencies. We all have places that we can grow. We've all got some overextensions, right? Where we double down on strengths and turn them into limitations, but we also have these great competencies. And it really is so helpful for understanding those.
0: So I love the tools as well, but we all know that. You can't just use the tools. You need a guide. You need I I'm a true proponent of hiring a coach, business and personal coach. And so if you're interested in working with Jen, can they just go to your website, heygenhope.com? Hey yeah, okay. I'm hey Jen Hope okay. everywhere. All the places. Yeah.
1: Instagram, LinkedIn, my website, heygenhope.com.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I highly recommend because once you have the data, you it's kind of like that mirror, right? And you have to have a guide or someone to create a plan of, okay, now that I have all this information, what do I do with it? How do, you know, y- you have to to show them a path to get to improvement or to get them the help. So I, I highly recommend that that you look into it. But another question that I know people have on their mind too is, am I ready for a business coach? Do I need a business coach? Like, what are what would you say to people that are thinking about hiring a business coach? Taking
1: it down into, like, are we ready for true behavior change? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to look back six months from now, a year from now, 18 months from now, and say, this is how I've evolved. And mm-hmm. I think that's where, in, even if you're not ready, <laughs> I think of Peloton instructors. I think of all the Peloton instructors who have told mm-hmm. me, start before you're ready. Right. Like when you get back in, right. When you get, when you're at that point where you're like, I'm tired, I don't know if I want to go for another round of workout or to pick myself up again or talk myself out of this funk that I'm in today. Like start before you're ready. I think is maybe the advice that I would, Kind of a little
0: little nudge forward. I love that saying start before you're ready. I always say to my clients, build it and they will come. Like, don't wait. You know, it's you need to have faith and confidence that you're you're taking a step forward, even if you don't think you're ready. So I love that. Love that. Anything else that you want to share that I might not have asked? I think the only thing that I would share is um we can break down that big,
1: big picture, that big overwhelming thing into micro steps to to those small daily actions that get us to behavior change. And I think that that's one of the pieces where we can feel stuck and might not get started. And Mm -hmm. going through it, working through it with someone else, like you mentioned, uh, can be just such a great tool, great asset, a good support system to have in your corner. That's awesome.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show, Jen. I love what you do and how you support other business leaders. Again, if you want to learn more or hire Jen, go to heyjenhope.com and have a great week. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening.